0: Hello again. Welcome back to the process. I'm so glad you're here. This month I'm interviewing Susan Beggy. Sue Beggy is an interdisciplinary US artist interested in the shared aspects of being human. Beggy's work explores power dynamics, polarity, hypocrisy, and productive cooperation. Before we dive in, I would love to ask you if you could take a moment to write a review of The Process Podcast. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which many of you are, first go to The Process page on Apple Podcasts. So this is this mustard yellow page where it says The Process with Sienna. Then scroll down until you see Ratings and Reviews. You can tap the stars to rate, and then you can click Write a Review to write your review. It only takes a couple seconds, and it would really help us get the word out and get more people listening to our podcast. Thank you so much. Also, the Process podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. And I actually just released a never-before-heard interview with Seth Fergolzia on Patreon for my patrons. So for $5, you can join and you can watch this exclusive interview with Seth Fregolzia. We talk about so many things. We talk about how he does his tour in Europe. We talk about fatherhood as an artist and also how to make money as a creative. So if you're interested in that, head to patreon.com slash Sienna That's S-I-E-N-A-F-A-C-C-I-O-L-O. And you can join for as little as $5 and check out that interview right now. I met Sue when she was creating her collaborative community drawing project called Entanglement, which was this gorgeous representation of the creative community in Rochester, New York, where I was based for a while. And by the time the hour was done where she was taking photos and writing notes and recording in order to create a portrait of me, I had already asked her if she wanted to be on The Process podcast. So here's my conversation with artist Sue Beggy. I start the interviews I really like to do like just a deep breath because it's grounding so let's just okay. breathe in hold and It's better. <laughs> usually, I start with, I think, too big of a question. I usually start with, What does the creative process mean to you? But today, I'd rather start with something a little bit less large and just ask you, What in your life is bringing you joy right now? Whoa. Um,
1: that's a tough question because in August, my daughter passed away. So, uh, joy and where it is, is a big question for me right now. Um, I, go, I go in and out sometimes. In, in terms of my creative work, um, what's bringing me joy is because I just had a life-changing event just a, a traumatic event in my life. You know, the worst possible thing you can imagine happening happened. And I, I can't really enter my studio mm-hmm. in the same way I'm changed. So I'm excited about stripping things down for, and just going in and being present and surrounding myself with some materials and, just seeing what happens, um, but it's it's I, there is a certain amount of how can I feel joy when she's gone and she's not here? She was only thirty five, mm-hmm. and um, but then I realized that she wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that if I passed on, and so I think in her honor, I'm looking for joy. And remembering what a joy it was to be a mother.
0: I'm so sorry that happened to you. It's just... I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it, so I was just going to let you talk about it if you wanted to. But, yeah. It's,
1: yeah, it's it happened, and... It's a sad, terrible thing. But um, I'm navigating it. We're navigating it. There's a lot of love in my life with my family and support. And I have a really great meditation Mm. practice that's really helpful through this. Yeah.
0: Mm. I feel like... I'm wondering if finding joy is maybe too much pressure. Like I'm wondering if there's another if there's another thing that you're finding that's kind of keeping you balanced, that's not joy, but is something analogous or just something that's like feels alive to you
1: yes it's 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 funny that you say that because I came to a similar Mm. conclusion really that that like I I was like not frantic but disturbed that finding joy was so Mm. difficult and you know beginning to worry that I wasn't ever going to be able to find it again. And then I thought, well, just, you know, you just have to let it be. This is, um, you know, this is, it's, it's, it's very acute. Well, it's, it's an internal wound, you know? And like any wound, when it's fresh and raw and, you know, new, it's, it's with you all the time and you can't you hardly make a movement when you're not feeling the pain of it and then as time goes on you know there's healing and it heals over and there's always a scar there to remind you or you know but but as time goes on you know it's it's not as painful and there's room for other things to think about so I just realize I, I, I teach at Syracuse University and I love teaching <laughs> I saw I that. do I I, I went to back to work three weeks after my daughter passed away and I'm quite g- grateful to have had my students and to teach but I realized about halfway through the semester that maybe yeah. that was a bit much so I'm taking next semester okay. off and I need I need some time I need I just I'm actually one, one of the things I'm doing. I I know you know that about my drawings. I don't know if you've seen my sculptures.
0: I've seen them online and, and in your studio. I've seen like the works in progress, yeah.
1: So I I work with stone and with alabaster and I'm I'm carving a an urn for my daughter. Is right now I don't have a sculpture studio cuz I moved and I'm I'm in the process of finding a sculpture studio, but as soon as I find one, And um, it will be similar to, I did this project called Wishbones where people told me a story and then I carved an alabaster sculpture abstractly. It'll be sort of like that, sort of like just spending time and thinking about her and carving this thing um, to honor her. So I, I just realized that I just need some time to process this. Um, you know, I'm I'm the the mom in the family, so a lot of you know I was I have two other children and my husband, who's in many respects kind of a emotionally kind of a traditional kind of guy, you know, mm-hmm. strong and but
0: <laughs> right. I realize
1: that people in the family are looking to me to know how to handle. So I I feel like I need to take some time because by helping myself, I can help them. I mean, there's this really beautiful, I, th- I think it's a Buddhist saying. I really don't know who to credit it. <laughs> it says, by taking care of others, you take care of yourself. By taking care of yourself, you take care of others. So, So I really... A lot of my work has always been made with other people in mind in, in a way. And right now I need to make some very personal work mm. and to work through this and have some time, have some time with the, like the spirit of my daughter and some time with my work and to heal.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. I mean, of course, <laughs> like it makes complete <laughs> sense. I'm curious how... Like, this is the process, so something I'm really curious about is how you create that space for yourself. Like, what are, what are habits that you have or practices? Like, you mentioned meditation. Um, I don't know, just whatever you have to offer on... What things you do, yeah. So I really...
1: I really like to in a way to sort of treat my studio practice the way someone does a job. Like you have to show up, right? So I show up and a lot of times you're like, oh, it's work. Like, do I want, or there's this, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't wait until I'm motivated. I, first of all, I just like show up Mm. and I have my tea and I pick my music and, you know, I sit there and meditate for um, about 10 minutes and then it's been a long time that I didn't know what it was I was going to create. Okay. Um, but I have had times where I just kind of, uh, yeah, I'm just going to put things out.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it may start, a lot of times I do start with the sketchbook where I just sit there, especially if I'm like in a really great mood like I'm really in touch with my creativity or I'm full of ideas then I'll just sit there writing and sketching and thinking of ideas and other times I'll just start working with materials um I don't have a place to carve so it won't be with stone until I find a new studio but I have some a bunch of mirrors that I was yeah, I've been thinking about identity and who I am and where, obviously, I'm sorry that this is so, I'm not afraid to tackle, you know, topics like death, but um, obviously death is a part of our topic today, but I've been thinking a lot about, like, where we go when we die and who are we, and yeah. and in my meditation practice, this I, 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 I use this app. It's called Making Sense, hmm. and it's led by this guy named Sam Harris. Who's yes, a, I
0: know Sam Harris. I mean, do you know I, mean I don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> I've read his work and, yeah, listened to him, yeah.
1: He's, he's really brilliant, and he's um, – I think he's a neurophysicist or something like that by training. Um, and anyway, he talks a lot about consciousness and, like, trying to get you to see the difference between you – and your brain, and consciousness in general, and how we're all a big part Mm of it, right? (laughs) And then I listened to this, then I heard him talk with Michael Pollan, who wrote a book about, um, recently about, um, I can't remember the name. How
0: to Change Your Mind, yep, yep, How to Change Your Mind.
1: Yeah, and really good read, and some of it gets pretty historical and technical, but really interesting um, exploration of uh, hallucinogenics and um, psilocybin and LSD and how it can be used to help people change change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can um, break bad habits. Um, it can open your mind to new ways of thinking. And one of the things that he talked about that is common with a lot of people who have these guided um these guided experiences with psilocybin is that they lose the sense that they're separate oh. from anyone, anyone else. That this sense of all everything being connected and that yeah, we have this container, this body, right? But in terms of consciousness, we're like we're it's all one continuous thing. Mm. So this is something and and I think, you know, because I keep wondering where my daughter is, you know, like where, when you pass away, are you, are you just on the other side of the curtain? Is there still any, like, can they, cause they just left. Can they still connect to it? I, I don't know. You start to wonder these things,
0: Yeah.
1: but then it just led me down this path of, I've had those experiences before where I just don't feel separate from other people. Like it's, it's just so, it's the most wonderful feeling when that comes across you, you know? Yes,
0: and it really is, it really is.
1: <laughs> it really, it really, it's talk about joy. That is, that's joyful. And um, so I have some mirrors that's, that, that have been hanging around. Um, I have a I have a whole bunch of stuff that's been hanging around that I, I might just surround myself with it and, um, and just st- start to, to play with it. Um, but in terms, and so that's how it, this process will go. Other times, you know, when I have a clear path, I make a list of tasks oh. and then I tackle them. And I always tackle if the hardest thing I can first. I, I thought you
0: were to... saying that, yeah. Because <laughs> you don't want to um, do I, that I... one. <laughs> I'm
1: like, I, I just like to, I just, if it's a, like, if there's a series of tasks for a project that I want to do, I will tackle the hardest ones first and get them out. You know, the things that make me most afraid. Mm, Um, Right. In the studio, there's not a lot that makes me afraid. I mean, occasionally like, oh, like certain, like working with a bandsaw. I don't use them very often, but I'm, kind of afraid because I don't really know what I'm doing and if I'm alone <laughs> I might be get a little afraid I work with compressors and other tools all the time and I'm fine with right that. right but I'm so there's not much I'm afraid of in the studio but um self-promotion and reaching out those are my least that those are my least favorite tasks as an artist I, yeah. I wish I wish that wasn't my job too I
0: know I really Sue I I feel you I just, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sucky part of the job. It is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is, so. You're good at it, I I have to to say. You are good at it. Like, as soon as I, you know, Googled you, it was like, boom, 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 boom. All these interviews, all these, all these, like, (laughs) you you do the work of promoting yourself really well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's from, you know being a mom, you just like do mm. you can't expect your kids to do the things they don't want to do. You don't do the things you would not want to do, right? So I guess it was good training. Uh, I don't know. But there's there I have I have a just a slew of things that I want to do and make. So I I could I could talk about ten different projects
0: that I would love to do. So, wow. And
1: then it's a question of like which one do I do first?
0: Yes, so. totally. So you do you always have these ten pro like this kind of cloud of projects in your head?
1: Yeah, I could live to be 132 and never finish <laughs> all the work wow. that I have ideas for. So
0: okay, there's so many different directions I could go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the play thing because I, I'm very interested in. How do you allow yourself to play in the studio without this kind of judgment? Or maybe you have the judgment, but you try to let it go. Like, how does that all work in your process?
1: You know, I think teaching has really helped me with that. And I'm kind of new to mm-hmm. teaching because I was tattooing when I was living in Brooklyn. And then when I came here, I teaching jobs opened up. And it fits much better with my studio practice than tattooing did. So...
0: Just to just to specify for people who are listening, I'm looking at looking for it. Okay, so for the past year, you've been working at Syracuse University. Uh, the past like four semesters. I Okay, think. okay, four yeah. semesters, so two years pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then in 2022, you worked at you taught at Hobart and William Smith College in Geneva.
1: Yeah, I, I did it. just to fill in uh, for a, uh, someone who was on sabbatical for a semester there, and then I got. And then I was hired at um, part-time as an adjunct at Syracuse. So, and and I love it. Yeah. It's definitely a a schlep, but um, I love it there. So, so how do I get, so how do I, I watch some students take so long (laughs) to start a drawing, right? And I can see that they're afraid and they're afraid of the outcome and I I, just, I try to help them, but, you know, sometimes they just can't let go of just wanting this perfect outcome. And it's really just, just do it and see how it works. And then if it doesn't work, you get the criticism or you get the feedback and then, you know, you do it again. Right. And so just watching them go through that is, it's just going to help me, you know, how I, how I wanted to impart to them. Just do it. Just what, who cares if, you know, you... I think you have, as an artist, I am going to really cherish this time in my studio, the next few months in my studio, to just allow myself to do that. I think that every now and then, we have to let go of what we always make and what everyone's expecting of us, and and take a little time to explore and play, and, you know, then when you go back to the work that you normally do, it's going to be refreshed, Mm. and, and, something new will come into it and make it more interesting and take it in a new direction that it probably needed to go. <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you for the. Thank you for that. that was, <laughs> yeah. I think play is something that I'm working on a lot in my, in my process. So in my artistic process, so it's,
1: and it is hard to, because you do have an idea of what you want it to look uh-huh. like. I mean, that, I mean, that takes some effort to just, stay with it and watch it develop. Okay, so so one of the things I tell my students when we have critiques is no judgment, we're gonna just observe. So for the first part of the critique, we just observe. So every time they say, well, I really like, I was like, oh, that's a judgment, right? That's a judgment, like, what do you see happening? What is happening? How is that line going? Just close your eyes, what's the first thing that you notice about what you're looking at? Um, what areas are dark what areas are light like where are things positioned like what is in relationship with other things so i think that play is about just looking what happened you know like like a really like a small child they are like oh look at that or they will come up with just they'll just look at things and they'll just see it in this new way you know it's that kind of just don't jump to the next stage of, oh, it doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like or I wanted it to be this. So it's like, well, what is it? <laughs> you know?
0: I love that so much. I, <laughs> I, I need that little soundbite and just put it in my pocket and pull it out all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I would love to go back to you creating this urn for your daughter because it reminds me a lot of, like you were saying, the Wishbone Project. It reminds me of these these story-based projects that you tend to do and I'm really curious um in any way you want to talk about it what is the power that stories have in in your art Mm -hmm. and in art in general
1: yeah um well there's narrative-based work and I'd say most all of my work is narrative-based and then there there are you know there are a lot of um there are a lot of works that are either process based or just, you know, a lot of abstract work is about shapes and colors and, but mine, I think there's there's always a story. Um, you know, <laughs> one one time my artist statement talked about because I'm also I'm also interested in outer space yes I, just, I, we have <laughs> to talk about
0: outer space it. and aliens we, we're going to talk about um, that <laughs> we will get there yeah. <laughs> but
1: and I will get back to the Aaron, but I'm, I'm I'm also interested in like systems like galactic systems um you know the system of mathematics all these systems and I think that it's systems that hold us you know that support us but it's drama that holds our attention you know
0: like, i have that just, quote written down from you i <laughs> yes from your artist statement yeah
1: and it 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 is it, so we cannot get enough of each other <laughs> and i'm no exception like we like I, I mean it's just our stories are what are interesting it's it's what makes us laugh and cry and and just I don't know, love, hate, there's there's just so much that's going on. So I'm fascinated by those stories. And of course, you know, I think my work does tell a story. There's a lot of little stories, even if they don't see it at first, they're all hidden in there. And like any storyteller, you know, you usually focus on something, you know. And um, so in this process... So when I did the wishbones, people wrote either a poem or a story or there was just something that they were interested in. One person sent me a song and then I put it in the, I printed it out and brought it in the carving area, my carving area and just kept like rereading it and thinking about it. And I would choose a rock that just seemed to echo what they were saying and, um, and then I would just begin carving and then read it again and then carve and think about it. And, of course, other thoughts come in, too. I mean, nobody can hold yeah, that one thought continuously. But. And so I, I, I think, you know, I will, I will be doing that for my daughter. And I'm, I'm actually glad that I had some time because, you know, the trauma of her death. Sort of, it was front has been front and center for so long that um, that now I I can go back and just um, focus more on the, the all the years before that, you know, that were and who she was, and she was she was a beautiful person. I mean, all all through my house, there's like little touches where she would. She's just thoughtful things that she would get us or buy us and, um, that she knew we liked and she was just such a generous, uh, beautiful person. So Mm. it, um, yeah, (laughs) it'll be hard. Yeah. There will be a lot of crying. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, but it will, it will definitely, it will definitely bring me joy and, uh, peace. Mm. And I think,
0: yeah. Yeah. We'll
1: we'll see how it goes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do you have, um, like, recordings, videos, photos? Like, will you be using those? mm -hmm.
1: I do, and it's so I have. So in in my house, I have a, like, my husband calls it the sanctuary, but it's kind of my office. (laughs) And uh, he, I have her pictures and I have these candles that like light up that automatically light up at the in front of her photo and sometimes I'll come in like right when it gets dark and the candles are going by her photo and and I'll just spend some time thinking about her yeah it's uh yeah it's it's hard yeah it really is it's difficult I know a lot of other people have gone through this. I actually just heard a story on the radio about this woman in Pala- she's uh, in Gaza. Mm. She lost her husband and all her children in a bombing. And I thought mm. this is this is horrible, but there are so many people in the world who are who are going through something even worse
0: than this mm. oh, i'm sending so much love to you right now i just like <laughs> want to give you a huge hug <laughs> oh my god i gosh. know
1: hugs, hugs are the best they really are um, they really are <laughs> Honestly, strangers have hugged me. Oh, <laughs> I, had to go. I had to go turn in my daughter's license plates. And I just started. Pfft. Oh, I walked in and I just wasn't expecting it. I just burst into tears and mm-hmm. finally got it out why I was there. And um, like this perfect stranger just hugged me. And I was like, yeah, because what else can you do? Yeah, <laughs> and, and, You know what? It really does help. It really just having somebody hug you is such a wonderful thing because sometimes there just are no words. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that in carving this thing, maybe that's my way of just like fully immersing myself in this whole thing. Her, her life, being her mother, her death, the whole, like, I, I will be like covered in dust and just <laughs> digging into this rock and digging into all of all of my experiences with her and turning it into this thing which then you know we'll sit there we'll be part of our family and I'm really I really think this will be a, a wonderful way to heal
0: mm. it's so beautiful <laughs> Thank you. Um, I um, I guess I I would love to hear about like how it feels to share your work, um, like or uh, maybe not how it feels, but like where. Do you find the meaning in the work and the sharing of it or in the creating of it or is it all meshed up into one?
1: Oh, it is all meshed up into one. Um, I've been an artist for a long time. I went to... I graduated with an art degree in undergrad in um, 1984. And then I got my graduate degree in art in 2010 in New York.
0: At the School of Fun... Fine... Oh, no, School, School of Visual, of Visual Arts. Arts. Yeah.
1: School yeah. Of Visual Arts. And so I have been... I've been an artist, and an artist as a chosen profession for a long time. And in the beginning... And for quite some time, like having people think that the work was good was important to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people go through that, and you know, and and then, and maybe once you know, once you just trust. Once I knew I could do whatever I want with my hands, pretty much, um, and in my mind, I it became less about that and more about, yeah, making it, I don't make it for other people, but it is a a community thing for my work. Like, I I haven't ever tried to articulate this. I can't say that I'm making it with other people in mind, but I know that I'm gonna share it with other people. And I'm more interested in people getting excited about, like, seeing things or connecting with it than I am about them thinking that I'm good. I, I don't, you know, at what I do. I, that's that's not important to me, but, like, when somebody comes into my studio, um, what did somebody say the other day? Oh, yeah, if you look close at Sue Bay, Sue's work, uh, you're going to get rewarded because there's all these, like, tiny little things happening, and once you... It looks like one thing far away, and then when you get closer, you see other things in there. And I'm like, yes, I, I love that you're having that experience. Because um, those are some of my favorite works of art, where you just can keep looking and you see different things all the time. And, um, and it doesn't, you know, there's the artist's intent. I always have an intent when I make something. But then there is the interpretation of the viewer, and they bring it in. They continue the story, mm. and then they they might even make up their own story about the work, and that's what keeps the work alive. And I think, really, in a lot of ways, that's art's job, the job of the of the creative process. Um, I mean, music does very much does that in a different way. And it's immediate, you know, and it's visceral. You know, you hear the music and you want to move and you know
0: totally.
1: And it just brings everybody together. And yeah, you want people to think that you're a good singer or you're a good musician, but it's getting everybody into that, enjoying of it and wanting to move and the lyrics make them think of something and even if it could be a little different than what you intended, right? That's that's the exciting part about creating i think
0: yes i'm like yeah i (laughs) it's such a good way of putting it it's i think it's a really yeah i think like art really does sustain us in that way because it, it awakens all these things in us that wouldn't be awakened otherwise, or maybe in deep meditation they might be, but it's it's yeah. different when you're experiencing it with other people. So yeah, I really appreciate that you just articulated that. And I was one of the um, one of the faces in your in your peace entanglement, <laughs> um, which for anybody who doesn't know, if anyone didn't live in Rochester, who like you know and doesn't know about it yet, it's this large scale, um, um, 33-foot graphic drawing of many different people in the Rochester creative community and they're all connected in some way. So it's this grand web of creative community and it was really a beautiful experience to sit in your studio when you were photographing and asking me questions and Knowing that you did that with every single one of the other 97 people, because there's 98 people, is that true? 98, uh, 98 n- including
1: me. I'm I'm at the end. Um, there, are, yeah, 98 other
0: people. Okay, yeah, a little
1: one of me at the bottom.
0: <laughs> I love that you you had to put yourself in, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was a beautiful. It was just so cool knowing that you did that with everybody else, and. I do see that community is really important in your art and and in art in general, but I definitely in your art specifically because you are collecting these stories from all these different people. And I listened
1: to them. I did something similar that I did with Wishbones. When I was drawing the portraits Mm and graphite, I listened to the recording again. So, Mm. because I was kind of, I was, you know, I'm listening, but I was also taking photographs. And so then I listened to it again. Um, sometimes a couple times, if it was a long one, and that that was so wonderful, like getting to meet you and listening to your whole story. and it was like it was I, wasn't, I was honored to be able to do that, to have all these people come to my studio. And I mean sometimes people you know we just got into these really deep conversations. <laughs> so yeah. it was fantastic.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that's how I feel like doing these interviews. I just feel so honored, and it's just so cool hearing all these different people's stories. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When you're – I think I found – let me find this. There's a quote that I found from you somewhere. Okay. So this is in an interview with News 8WROC where you were talking about um, wishbones, you said i think that really is the magic of art making it's something that i've not only been trained to do for many years but it's something that comes intuitively to me so i'm just really curious like how does it feel in your body when you're listening to these stories back and you are creating like what is going on in your body where you're kind of letting this intuition take over
1: what's in my body yeah wow that is a fabulous question I guess the first thing I would say is that there is no self consciousness, in the sense of. There's just flow, is the is the best closest word I can come up with. Um, I think. I think when you. It kind of goes also back to what we were talking about before, where I said, like, the barriers between yourself and other people sort of drop away. And fear drops away. And, I mean, that's what flow. I mean, I don't, sometimes I look at a piece of work that I did, and I'm like, I I don't know how I did that. (laughs) Like, I don't know where that came from. It comes from, sometimes it just comes from somewhere and, like, sometimes I just feel like I'm a vehicle that I came from somewhere else, and I just get out of the way. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't, I, I mean, um, there is this, there is something magical and mysterious about how that works, and... When I put my finger out it, I'm going to let you know.
0: Okay. But maybe the whole point is that you can't put your finger on it. Yes. I I can't. But um,
1: I do think that when you've done something, you know, when I've been drawing for a long time, and I loved to draw when I was a child and I've been drawing for a long time, it's, it's so natural for me that um, – that I'm and I, I mean, I can do whatever I want with with a pencil or a paintbrush or something. I if I choose to work in a specific style, I could do that because I I have a lot of control over the tools because I'm used to them. So that, and I mean, I think that's true of anybody that does something for a long time. I've been kind of trying to learn how to play the drums for a while and I'm really horrible, I'm really bad.
0: (laughs) That's amazing though.
1: I love banging on the drum. I would die (laughs) if anyone heard me because I'm so bad. But I just love doing it. But I have to think about it constantly. I'm like, what was that again? Like, it's like, I'm so clumsy. Yes. And um, so it's kind of good to try to learn something new. And then when you go and do something that you've been doing for a long time and you're good at it, you're like, yeah, this is what it feels like to... And, you know, when I watch musicians and I watch drummers, I was like, look at them go. (laughs) They're amazing. Like, they know just how to do... They just know just when to... (laughs) <laughs> the-
0: but it's that training. It's <laughs> that training mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. combined with the getting out of the way thing.
1: Yeah, and the getting out of the way, and curiosity and awareness. So when I was when I was in undergrad, so I was the first one in my family to go to college. My parents didn't go to college. My mother didn't. My mother quit high school. Just started working and um, I I had an uncle who went through the seminary, so he he was able to go to college, but I was the first one in the family to go so. There was no real guidance and I remember walking around the campus. um, And I started out in Cortland State. And I remember walking around the camp, around the town one day going, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't, I don't know what's, what is expected of me. I, I, don't, I don't know. And then it dawned on me. I said, I really think that if I just stay aware and curious, I'll be okay. And i just walked around the whole the town that day i remember i stopped and got myself a slice of pizza and I <laughs> just walked around the town and i just kept thinking about this whole idea of being aware and curious and it stuck with me for the rest of my life and i think that that is my mantra just stay aware and curious there's so much to be curious about you could If you have, if you, if you, like, I don't even understand being bored. It's like, there could be a spider (laughs) building a web in front of you and like, that's cool. Like, they're, they're, the way the light is hitting something, like, that's interesting. Like, like, to me, that, like, that's how I approach life all the time. I mean, not, not every minute. There's times I get frustrated and, you know, I just grouchy or whatever, but there's so much of that, that that's what's fueled me my whole life It'll, and just keep fueling me forever. Mm. <laughs> and so i and I'm curious about, I'm curious about other people. Like I'm genuinely as you are, you know, you do these podcasts, like there's genuine curiosity about what other people are thinking. And it's, it's interesting. Yes. To find out.
0: <laughs> it's so fascinating. I completely agree. Oh my gosh. Okay. So stay aware and curious. This is, yeah. yes, I, this is very helpful. And
1: aware is a good thing too, because you don't want to just walk around and st- <laughs> you kind of have to be aware of the reality of things.
0: Yeah, so. completely. <laughs> yep. That's true. <laughs> Can't just be living in a fantasy world. No. Okay. So we have to talk about outer space and aliens. I think we need to talk about this. I found this, I found this, um, we are the extra animal, extra animals, um, installation. And I was just like, what? Like, I just, could you just talk about this? I have no idea how to even oh my God. dig into this. <laughs> uh, I, I,
1: I love thinking about other worlds and just ugh, the twilight zone. I, all of that. Oh. All of those creatures in Star Wars at the bar for the, from the very oh first gosh, Star Wars. Yes. Oh, can you imagine like coming up with those creatures and what fun that must have been? Seriously. So, i I was scheduled to do this show in this really fantastic little gallery. It's called Axel Contemporary, and it's in a truck. And these guys built um this truck out and they've got and made space in the back of it and um and people can have shows in it and so um i was scheduled to have a show and i wanted to do something about like i wanted to make alien creatures and i i i didn't quite know what i was going to do and then i i had i wrote this story. (laughs) i was trying
0: did you read it
1: yes (laughs) oh my gosh.
0: i love it
1: i actually had people ask me if it was real
0: i i I genuinely was wondering if it was real or not should i read it you can read it okay so the installation we the extra animals shares the story of susan bed baggies okay for some reason i have an issue okay (laughs) shares the story of susan baggies extraordinary encounter and her response to it in 2009 baggie while walking her dog near santa fe stumbled upon a spacecraft from the planet norian a brief conversation and two short videos offered baggie a glimpse of the future the craft had traveled through a wormhole in the year 2346 and was thrown off course and landed in the desert near Begie's home aboard the craft was anika holt a psychobiologist who had visited norian to study and observe the second generation of a human hybrid species called oh god huge Huchumens yes. <laughs> this is amazing yes. humans crossbred with i'm butchering this two diamonds Chugaimans. The, <laughs> the Chugaimans are one of three intelligent species on planet Norian. Holt shared with Beggy video footage of a Huchiman and a mysterious matter known as biological omnicurious bits. Bob! Isn't that the ch- Chugaimans and now Huchimans exchange with one another to maintain their collective and individual psychosocial and physical well being. <laughs> oh my gosh it's just yes. so good well
1: these 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 bio curious or these what was it, uh omnicurious
0: Om- omnicurious bits. bits
1: yes so when you shake hands they pass into the uh, another person
0: oh my gosh! so that
1: every single time that you touch someone else some of their matter climbs into your body not unlike germs but kind of prettier than germs right right. and so so that after a while you're never totally your own cells but your cells oh. become everybody else's cells
0: That's and exactly so you're what we were all just talking about too yes How yes, just, yes. <laughs>
1: this is obviously a theme for me but yeah <laughs> and that way it's hard harder to make other people to make them the other you know like that's how we like not to say that i don't do my own battles and you know have my own conflicts because i'm just a regular person too but like (laughs) this idea that you don't make people the other because they're part of you and like you're constantly being turned over and changed Hmm. by other people and in this case it's it's actual physical, your physicality has changed. I know I'd like to, that could be, that could be taken a lot further.
0: <laughs> this could be taken so far. I yeah. feel like you already took it to a it great a whole
1: big movie like, waiting to happen with the people just changing into each other all the time. No, seriously,
0: seriously. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. Keep thinking about that movie idea. That's a, really, that's a cool idea, <laughs> but you already have so many projects. So,
1: you know what I wonder is, it, this just came to me, but what if, like, if we can imagine something, like, if, if once it's been imagined, something has been imagined, then does, is it is it just possible for it to happen, you know? Like, mm. ultimately, it may take a thousand years, but or it may take a million years, but... If things are, if we imagine things, they can happen. Which, so we can imagine some pretty cool, good things.
0: It's <laughs> a really and good then point. They can happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you do you ever use the word manifestation? Is that kind of in your vocabulary? I know there's a lot of people using it now. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. feel about that word? I,
1: yeah, I guess I, I it depends on how some people do use it. Like it's not, yeah.
0: it's
1: almost like how prayers used to be used. Like, oh, they pray to, to God that this doesn't happen or that does happen. And then the prayers aren't answered. Um, I do, sometimes I just, I do think that, Obviously, you get things that you you don't need or you don't want. I, I just recently experienced that, but
0: right a lot of
1: times a lot of times when you do the work and, and you lay the groundwork, things work out. It may not be exactly what you planned, and sometimes they just take a while. you mm. know like it may not happen instantly. I do believe in manifestation I do, and I, I mean I think you do have to be careful what you think about. It's easy to, 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 so you, so sometimes I think people maybe manifest, think they're manifesting one thing, but they're really manifesting another. That's a good question.
0: I don't know how I feel about it. That's why I'm at, I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious. Like I really resonate with what you just said, which is that when we imagine something, it can eventually happen and maybe it'll take millions of years, but it could, it can eventually happen. I think that's really powerful.
1: And, and I do think it's collective, you know, I mean, mm. I mean, there's certain, like certain individuals are credited with, um, inventing certain things like, you know, the Wright brothers flying and the cotton gin, what was that, Eli Whitney, or I don't know why I remember that one, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but really it's more collective than that, you know, I mean, just look at how technology the pace that it's moving at and it's just so many different people inputting um ideas and taking it us you know f- more and more forward so the other thing i'm really interested in yeah. is artificial intelligence Ooh, yes holy cow
0: yes so what's like what's been your experience with it so far
1: well what i'm thinking about i mean there's no it doesn't matter what my opinion is, because it's marching forward and it's coming. And you know, there's no stopping this. Um, my biggest interest, my area of interest is how is it being nurtured? Like, what are we teaching it? this artificial intelligence? like, and so I keep thinking about it. sometimes I just imagine it as, you know, artificial intelligence as like little baby robot type things and then we're like we're parenting it like we're the like we're the who are the parents you know who are the scientists and technology people who are inputting and what are they teaching these little baby robots <laughs> that you know that's that's the, that's where that's where my brain keeps going
0: it's a really good question yeah what is the nurturing process for them for for it for the technology,
1: yeah. hmm, yeah, all of our biases, all of our our belief systems, what, all kinds of things. So,
0: yeah, wow. But otherwise, I'm
1: just curious to see. It's uh, it's amazing what's what what's happening with it, and frightening a little bit.
0: It is it is amazing. Like I part of how I, I might take this out, but part of how I make money is. I do marketing writing for people for clients and so I write marketing emails for them I write social media posts and I use I actually use chat GPT to create like the kind of base of a lot of the stuff and then I edit it heavily and fact check and everything but it's really good <laughs> like it does a really good job it's a little scary how good of a job it does Yeah. yeah
1: I should try it
0: it's it's pretty Wait, you haven't tried chat okay it's pretty fun Sue.
1: no i haven't had to do any writing for a little while because i keep saying i'm going to try it because writing is kind of great no yeah i know people are making like paintings and stuff they're just i know giving like crazy ideas and maybe that's one of the things i'll be playing (laughs)
0: i'm i'm pretty i guess i'm curious like how you feel about that this is such a stupid basic question but like do you feel like that's art so. well <laughs>
1: um you know yeah I do I think I think you know it's a tool as long as it's used as a tool the difference between one form of art and another is well how base how basic is it if you just leave it as a basic thing and you just let the tool do all the work then you're going to come up with a boring object, I'm thinking of like a sculpture where you're just like, this is what this tool does and I'm gonna let the tool just make these cuts and then here's the object. But right. if you push the tool and you push yourself with the tool, then I think that you get a greater amount of artistry. Hmm. So, and where, and, and this is a new tool for us. So, it just let's just see how far we can, Push it, you know. They used to say that about photography, obviously. And right, that's a good. And point. I actually had that conversation with my husband. I was admiring a photograph somewhere. I forgot where we were, and we were in a restaurant. And I was like, "That's a cool photograph." He said, "Yeah, but I can tell that it's not just like that. It's been manipulated." <laughs> and he, and he said, "I don't think that you should. It's not a real piece of art because they, you know, they use Photoshop or filters or whatever." And I was like, "Hmm." I, I don't see it that way. I, I mean, filters are a tool. Photoshop is a tool. Um, I thought it had a pleasing atmosphere. And I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too much of a snob when it comes to these kinds of things. I think ultimately it's the result that matters. And if you're using AI as a tool, then obviously you're not the only creator of the ultimate artwork, in Mm -hmm. a way. It becomes almost a collective thing. Right. But is, would, and then you can ask the question, well, is that true? If I use photographic equipment, then, you know, somebody invented the process for developing this.
0: That's, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all back to the collective. It's literally all goes yes. <laughs> Oh yes. my gosh.
1: We're not alone. We're not alone. We are all in this together. And like, there's there's some movies, obviously people make movies and some of them are fantastic and others are just like, uh, eh, you know, predictable. Yeah. Or so I think that's going to be true with AI generated art. Some of it's just good. And that's true with NFTs, right? I I looked through a bunch of NFTs, yeah, and and resisted the urge to even consider learning how to do them myself. I was like, no, I, I don't need another. And um, some of them were k- kind of interesting, and a lot of them were just horrible. <laughs> you know, just just really just dull. Yeah, like I, I like I found myself trying to be interested in it because it's an, it was a it's a new medium, but I really. Didn't find it that compelling, and so I think that's going to be true with AI generated art, and then eventually you're gonna get some people who make some really cool stuff
0: ooh, I'm excited to see that that's I like that perspective <laughs> yeah. a lot that's because they're gonna get really good at using the tool, like you were saying that's so cool, yeah, well, I guess we should wrap up at some point soon um mm-hmm. I could talk to you forever. I know, so. I really could. I honestly I'm so <laughs> grateful that we got to do this. I am Me too. So grateful. I'm fascinated by how you see the world and and you kind of got into this a little bit with the stay aware and curious thing. Are there any other philosophies that you try to live by? And I know you're going through this like very challenging and traumatic time right now. So it might be different right now than usual, but a different way to ask the same exact thing is like, do you have any favorite quote or poem Mm. or piece of art? Like it could, I guess any song or anything that's that's like really resonates with you right now. Oh
1: God. There's a, there's a poem that I just love and I, I don't, I don't have it memorized, but it's by, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, and it's called "I Am Waiting," and it's this. He goes through this whole list of things that he's waiting for, and eventually, I mean, and really, what um, what he's waiting for is just just a resurgence of wonder in the world, and I think I think what is the philosophy. It's so, it's so simple and basic and so hard to do. And that's just be compassionate and just be filled with wonder because, and gratitude, because there's just, and when when you just let all that come in, you can let a lot out. And then it just, I know that just sounds so sappy. <laughs> But, no. <laughs> but that it is not to say that I don't flip people off when I'm driving occasionally or, <laughs> <laughs> so, or lose my temper at my husband or, um, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm some saint because <laughs> I'm just as flawed as the next person. But um, I think that when i make art that's the place that it comes from it comes from that place of wonder and that's why i love being an artist i guess
0: Hmm. i think that's a good place to stop the recording but do you have but before i do do you have anything else that like you feel like we didn't get to talk about that you really want to say
1: stay tuned for more projects, more community collaborative projects <laughs> coming up.
0: Yes. I will be posting Sue's website and links to her work down in the show notes. And also I'm going to post, I just found that poem that by Lawrence Ferlinghetti Fair- and I'll post that in the show notes too. Yeah,
1: it's a great poem.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so I just, much. I'm so happy that we got to do this.
1: Me too. Me too. It was so much fun. And I enjoy listening to your other
0: podcasts with oh, everyone. good. I'm glad.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, I'm going to stop this recording. Okay. Y'all, thanks for listening. You are why I keep coming back and doing these episodes every month. So I mentioned at the beginning of the episode how to leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, but now if you're listening on Spotify Podcasts, go to the show page on Spotify, click the three dots under the show title, and then click Rate Show. It's as easy as that. The process is presented in partnership with Rochester Groovecast. This podcast is edited by Jessica Liu and Sienna Facciolo. produced by Sienna Facciolo Our theme music is written and performed by Sienna Facciolo, Chris Palace, and Jordan Rabinowitz, featuring Sally Louise on guitar. Mixed by Chris Palace. mastered by Jet Galindo. Don't forget to leave a review, and I'll see you next month.